You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to the Cannoli Coach Podcast. I'm Kimberly Hambrick, and my guest today is Sparkle Lindsay. Sparkle is a state-licensed recovery life coach that works day in and day out to help people stay sober and find out where they fit in their puzzle. She works hard to help people find the light at the end of their tunnel and value each inch of their journey. She says she's so blessed to have found her purpose and watching others find theirs is empowering and enlightening as well. Sparkle, welcome to the Cannoli Coach Podcast. Hey there, Kim. How you doing? I am well, and I am so excited. You know, I'm just getting so excited about the words that are here because empowering is such a strong word uh, with me and the work that I do. And, you know, full disclosure, I met you through a joint connection, Jason Tracy, who he uses the word empowered. So I always get excited. So it's like the empowered triplets are coming together to talk about their work. I I feel it. I feel the energy already, right? I love it. So before we really get into our conversation, would you mind just sharing a bit about yourself with the listeners? Uh, Of course. Yeah. So I am a state licensed recovery life coach uh, for alcohol and addiction uh, and many other things. I uh, have had a journey through alcohol and addiction for about a year and a half now, and uh, it has just been a wonderful, empowering journey for me, a great transformation in my life, and I am excited to see where I evolve going forward uh, as I follow my practice through this new becoming a better me for me. That's how I call it. <laughs> oh, I, I and, love that. I love yes. That. Um, I've, and I have been uh, enlightened by many who have taken their light now and helped themselves um, by me being that light worker to help them find out where they fit in their puzzle uh, through alcohol and addiction, or if it's reinventing your routine, um, if it's finding the base to your table and the legs that go with it. All of these things that help you just reinvent who you want to be and finding your authentic self. So while going through my journey, Kim, I have also been writing things down and using lived experiences to kind of share that with other people so they can maybe use those coping mechanisms to help them get through and start their journeys as well. Yeah, absolutely love that. And I I agree with you. I think we forget sometime that we all have lived experiences that could help others. And and when we learn from those, first and foremost, and we can change or reset our own mindset or our own habits, and then we can share that as a, you know, sort of a walking the talk, if Mm -hmm. you will, to help others. So Uh, So, so much good stuff that we're going to talk about. So as you know, the concept of my podcast is built around that we all have a life defining moments or two. 
and we've learned from them. So I always ask my guests, and I'd like for you, if you wouldn't mind sharing a life-defining moment and what happened and how you've learned to move forward from it. Well, you know, a life-defining moment for me was when I, when I actually started to work through my emotions, man, oh man, um, those were, these, those are, excuse me, they're temporary. They're not permanent. I do know that. (laughs) But when I first started working through my emotions, I was like, I don't like this at all. And then I said, oh, that's why I probably have used. That's probably why I have drank and really wanted to be a part of this alcohol and addiction thing, right? Because every time I would feel something, I'd want to suppress it. Mm. And so, you know, I hadn't cried in 13 years, uh, Kimberly. And I literally, when I cried, I almost, I pretty much put myself through a TIA. I almost had a stroke there. And um, God, but it felt so good to cry. And that moment, I knew that I wanted to fight for my life and take my life back uh, through addiction, through being stagnant, um, just wanting to see something different from myself and allow myself to evolve into this person that I knew I could be, but somewhere in there, I had lost it, you know? Um, So it was, it was, it was really, really cool. It's been really cool actually watching some of the people who have been with me on my journey, watch how they are watching me evolve. And it's exciting for them too, because they're like, this is where she was. You know, my dad told me, he goes, Sparkle, he just told me on Thanksgiving, he says, Sparkle, I didn't really know if you were going to make it to this Thanksgiving, you know, and he was just in tears. He said, I really didn't know. He goes, and you're right here in front of me with your business cards and your <laughs> and your smile is back and your brightness. And I said, oh, stop it, dad. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I, I love that they can see the work that you're putting in yourself and, mm-hmm. and celebrate it with you because there were probably moments where they didn't know what to do and how to they, help you. And, you know, Kimberly, they didn't, you know, my mom, another one, she's, she's on, looks at, she listens to every podcast and she looks at everyone and she's standing there with the flag that's like, go sparkle. She's so cute. And uh, she's my number one fan. Cause every day, every time I'm done, she talks to me and says, how did you feel? You know, it feels like I'm going into the game or something, you know, love it, love it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, between both of them, between both of the, my parents, along with my siblings, I have three brothers and a sister and we, there's five of us. Um, they have all just been like, this is, a, it's amazing to them, the transformation. You know, um, my dad said, he said, one of the biggest things that are good, it's going to be great for you, Sparkle. It's, it's the journey and where you go with this journey. Because if you can get through this alcohol and addiction and crawl out of it and and climb out of it and crawl out of it, whatever you got to do. He said, once you get to the top of that, he said, you're going to be a badass. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I love it. Okay, dad, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. You know, and at that time, I was not ready yet. Yeah. He told me those words. But I remember those words now every day. I remember those words. When I wake up in the morning and I may have some cravings, you know, and I'm like, whew, that, that one was rough. You know, how can I 
cope with that, right? Um, surrounding myself with people who are sober or surrounding myself with positivity um, has just been a major blessing for me. And I'm allowing that now. I'm not trying to do everything on my own, you know? So that was my de defining moment, I can say. Um, I say my moment when I finally needed help was another one. Um, <clears throat> I had to humble myself and say, I can't do this one by myself. I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need help. And uh, I reached out to lots of people and said, I got to get this right. I'm, I'm losing sparkle. I'm losing myself. And uh, a lot of people were, you seen big smiles. People were like, oh, she wants help. She wants help. You see others that broke down in tears just saying she realizes it. You know, she got it. Because sometimes we never get a chance to have that moment. Yeah, you never really know um, how to talk to somebody about addiction. Sometimes we're all sitting in a room. You could just be sitting in a room, just dying inside, right? And um, and no one can help you because you you feel like you can't tell anyone, you know. Yeah. So so I want to explore that one a little bit, and and thank you so much for sharing because. Um, the, the issues that I've worked through in my life, mo most of them all centered around my, uh, what I call my, my BS thinking, which, you know, BS is belief system, but it's bullshit. And it's that negative swirl. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and I, I understood that, but I didn't, I didn't understand it until, um, you know, well into my <laughs> late forties, early fifties. And I had functioned my whole life because I had a mask and I was hiding that. But once I had that little realization that mm -hmm. there's something more here, now I need to figure out how to get help. And that's what you're kind of talking about as well. In your situation, you got to the point where you had to say to yourself, I, I'm worth fighting for. Oh, yeah. And so when you get to that point <laughs> and when others get to that point, what's it look like? How, how, do you, how did you find the inner fortitude, if you will, to ask for help? Oh, man. Well, I knew that uh, during my journey, uh, Kim, I was like going through lupus. So I was doing a form of chemo and I was trying to work around the clock and I was having nightmares from trauma, you know, and there was a piece of me that was just like, I know that I'm this strong woman and that's great, but I can't keep doing this. There's no possible way, you know, I just felt like, God, this feeling inside was like, I got to get some help immediately. This isn't something that I can play with. And this is not what I'm used to being, you know? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think one of the biggest things I seen was um, I, I went out with a few friends and I also seen the friends I was with mm -hmm. and they look like they needed some help too. You know? And I was like, wait a minute here. <laughs> you know, it, do I look it, like yeah. that? Do I, wait, it, <laughs> am I looking like that? You know? <laughs> and then thinking in my head that they might be looking at me like, she needs some help. Need some help. <laughs> yeah. And I finally got the mirror and I looked and I remember talking to, um, you know, my ex-boyfriend at the time. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna go get me some help. And he, he kind of stopped for a second and it was quiet. 
And I said, I need to go get me some help. I said, and we're going to have to put our, our, our stuff on hold. I said, because I'm, I'm, I'm spinning and I'm going nowhere quick. I said, and I'm taking you with me. Mm. I said, and this right here is not okay. It is not okay for me to do to you nor to my family and definitely not to myself. And I knew then I said, there I am. There I am. I know there's glimpses of me there, but I got to have somebody who can help me find it again, you know, and find it again and some. So it was a really, really chills, got chills that were just like, it's time. It's time to do this. You know, you're, you're 30 at the time I was 34 years old. Um, and I was like, I just deserve more. So I was using these words, right? I was using these words, even when I was intoxicated, even when I was working as an executive, I was using these empowering words, but I never really understood the full meaning of them until right now, every chance I get, these words are so empowering to me and they're inevitable because I'm manifesting them now. Mm-hmm. I believe in them, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love that because I I spent my whole life empowering others and forgetting about myself. And those words oh, would yeah. those words would come from my mouth and I would believe them about other people. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, with one of the mentors that I started working with, I remember one of the very first things that he asked me to do was to, you know, keep track of what followed my I am. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a whole lot of negative words that would follow that so effortlessly. And I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't talk to a worse enemy if I had one, like I was talking to myself. So then he said, all right, start saying empowering words and positive Mm -hmm. words. Well, man, that was so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. And and it took me a long time, but I'm like you, when I say those things now, every cell of my being feels it and owns it. And I see that in you as well. Yes. And the greatest part about it is that I went into treatment and they're like, tell you three positive affirmations. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm beautiful. I'm, you know, smart. And I'm like, okay, but these are the things that I am. And then I took it a step further as I've become a coach. And I asked people to write down on a piece of paper, what do you intend to be? You are deserving of sobriety. You are capable of a wonderful job. You are entitled to that beautiful car you want, right? As we start to use these words, these words start to change our mindset into a positive vibe that a lot of people, they have to respect, they want to respect, and they want some of it because they want to be able to tell themselves what they intend to be too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And then you start to learn, you start to realize who you're, who's in your tribe or who you're surrounding mm-hmm. with. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that, you know, one of my mentors had said, and I live by it daily, bless and release people. I, mm-hmm. Some people are in your life for a season or a reason, but that oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean they're going to grow old with you. You know, if they need to go, they need to go. And I release mm-hmm. them to their higher power. And let's be real. Some people have released me from their life as well. Yes. Too. And, yes. <laughs> and and they're, they're much better for it. <laughs> yes. So, and so I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think it's awesome because I am learning because I've been doing a lot of mindfulness and recovery too. Okay. So mindfulness for me is my thing. Um, meditating and meeting myself where I'm at. Oh, 
man, oh man, talk about being able to ground myself and I'm getting better at it because (laughs) my first meditation that I had, I think it was for 20 minutes and Kim, I got to a minute and started thinking about all these things, right? I should be doing or whatever. (laughs) And I, and I, I was like, thinking so hard because you're not supposed to think while you're meditating, right? <laughs> but no, not me. I'm thinking and I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to do with the laundry. And I wonder what's good. Maybe what kind of, what is, what's for dinner and all of this. And then I was like, what am I doing right now? I forgot I was meditating. <laughs> I said, well, wait you, a minute. <laughs> you, you weren't ready for it. And, the, and that's the, everything that you're talking about from recognizing that you need help to ask for help to go into recovery yes. and work the program. Mm-hmm. It only works if you are at the place where you need to do that and you right. know you will do it. Yeah. Right. So now I've gotten to about 13, 14 minutes and I've done vision meditations and all these things and body scans and just grounding myself and learning to meet myself where I'm at, allowing myself and giving myself permission to be who I want to be, when Mm -hmm. I want to be and where I want to be. And it's like wild because it's like reteaching yourself, reinventing yourself into this person that you know, you can be, but you didn't think it was that possible, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you start to train yourself to say, oh, it's there. It's right there. It's in the palm of your hands and you're the recipe, you know, it's in the palm of your hands. You're the recipe. You're in charge. You're the creator. You're the designer. (laughs) And, and these are words that, um, the more you say it and the more you do it just becomes stronger and stronger. So, you you talked about being an executive, um, but now you're you know a licensed coach. Was it being in recovery and the impact that it had on you that you decided to go into this direction? Well, uh, I worked for 13 years as an HR advocate for three big box retailers, and uh, oh, I learned so much. I learned, you know, if you don't have your people, you don't have anything. Um, I learned how to help people fit in our puzzle as a company. And I was all along setting the stepping stones for myself to actually jump right into this. I never thought I would have been a recovery coach. I thought I may have been an HR advocate for big box resellers for the rest of my life. You know, I, and somewhere in there, I knew that it brought stress to me. Um, Every time as I started getting more sober, whenever I would think about going back to the job, I'd be like, I mean, I'd get high anxiety and be like, this makes me want to drink like that quick. I'm like, whoa, this is a trigger. And if I'm really trying to change for the better for me, this may not be for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And before you know it, I I took a lot of time off and uh, I jumped into Uh, the company that I work for now, along with my own business that I'm starting, but I jumped into Springs Recovery Connection. I said, wow, there's actually recover coaches. There's actually coaches. Then you get to take trainings and be certified and help people help themselves. This, this is, this is down my alley. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, the owner of the company, Kathy Plush saying that if it's hard, maybe don't do it. But if it comes easy to you and you enjoy it, then let it happen. 
And since September of 2019, I have done nothing but allow it to happen. And I've watched so many people take their lives back. Mm -hmm. And that right there is so fulfilling. You know, that's the greatest part is that each day I wake up and listen to someone have a story, give them great resources to be successful, and they get to pick those resources and then become who they have always wanted to be or who they never thought they could be. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's so cool. (laughs) I I, I love that. And when it's easy and when you jump out of bed and as soon as your feet hit the floor and you're ready to go, you know, you're doing what you're meant to do. (laughs) And, and I think also the fact that you understand this from, from the person who needed to get into recovery and now to, to help them forward. And so we talked a little before we hit record, but I do want to ask because, you know, 2020 has been a year um, to say the least. And so I, I actually know um, of some friends of mine who have family members who have battled addiction before had beat it but this is triggering. And so they're spiraling again. So what, what are you seeing and what can people do maybe to try to help their family? Well, you know, one of the biggest things I'm seeing and, um, you know, with my company, Sparkle, the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm noticing that right now connection is huge for people um, in sobriety, but we're talking about people who are also not in sobriety. Um, you know, if you're isolated in the house, by yourself, whether you're an alcoholic, whether you have an addiction or not, this lack of connection we're getting is just been driving people up the wall, Kim, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, so for me, being able to be accessible in every way, shape or form as a coach for someone who is battling day to day to stay sober and trying to find their way has been so helpful. Springs Recovery Connection, our lines are open right now, nonstop. We all have to work from home uh, just so we don't get sick, you know, but people are calling us nonstop just to hear somebody's voice, just to Mm. know that there's hope. And so the importance of being a family member who is actually dealing with someone who's in recovery, my family had to go through this, is being able to realize that we we can't be enabled, Um, can't be told what to do. We have to want to be better. Um, If we are not showcasing that we want to be better, then, you know, my family, they prayed, but they had to allow me to go through the journey and they had to accept it. And the hardest part about acceptance is saying, no, just, I want to hold their hand through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, even if you're a parent, if you're a big sister, you know, whatever, big brother, whatever it may be, but you have to allow people to live the journey that's written for them and be supportive if it doesn't always go that great, right? Yeah, and that is so difficult because, yeah. if it, you know, when you care for people, regardless of a family member or just another human being who is suffering, when, mm-hmm. you, when you care, you want to make it better. But even it's just what you're saying, you can't make them want to be better. And and so that that's so important because this accepting them and understanding that it's the addiction, it's not Mm -hmm. them as a person and and trying to separate that. Right. And there's also this, uh, 
there's this thing, you know, it's called like the family dynamic. And a lot of times there's, we do a lot of work around it at Springs Recovery as well. When I usually have a client who has uh, family members that are concerned, um, I let them know that they are a separate client from my client because the work that a family member has to do uh, is a lot of work for them as well. They've got to learn to let it go. They've got to learn to relinquish control and accept the journey. And so a lot of times you'll have parents who are like, I'm calling in regards to my son and he needs to get sober. And I'm like, until your son calls me, there's not much I can do, but I can help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it drives people crazy, you know, trying to figure out what, where their son or daughter is or trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Or are they going to get a call from, you know, the jails saying, can you bail me out? Right. We all, you know, those moments, I've done it to my parents. I've done it to my family to the point where they were scared. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only thing, you know, my dad, he was like, I was ready to wrap you up and put you in a room and leave you locked in there and give you water and bread. And I was like, okay, dad, I would have escaped. (laughs) And the reason why is because, you know, I wasn't ready being told what to do. I'm telling you, I'm going to go out there and do it more. I would. I did. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if if you couldn't escape, you're going to get to the point to appease him. To, yeah. to display the behaviors that he wants to see. Exactly. <laughs> and just, then you're just going to go back out and do it all over again because nothing exactly. changed up here. Yeah. No, nothing changed. Now I have an attitude because you didn't change what I'm doing. You, you told me what I'm going to do. And I'm like, no, you don't tell me what to do. And I can tell you alcoholic addicts don't like to be told what to do. But when we know that we made it and we did it, it's so much more surreal. We actually want to see it through. And that's why, you know, what I do, you know, as a recovery coach is allow people all of the possibilities available to them to create their own recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's recovery and journey is different and everything fits differently for a different person. But if you know that it's available to you and you know that you can call your coach and say, hey, I'm having cravings and I'm sitting here at Taco Bell. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but these cravings is hit me. And should I get a taco? What should I do? You know, <laughs> sparkle, what do I do? <laughs> it gets a little better as you get to working through your coping skills. But when you first start, you're like, I, did I make the right decision? Yeah, you know, this no. is a scary thing. You know, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much freedom. Uh-huh. Where before um, your choice kind of took away mm-hmm. the, the, the feelings or the stuff that you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for family members, um, it's really exciting. I always have really good conversations with family members. So they know that their son, their daughter, uncle, whoever is in good hands with the recovery coach. But I'm also able to express and say, hey, I'm in recovery too. And so I can sometimes give better insight to the family to say, yeah, he came in a little upset today. Okay, well, he's going through what they call trying to fill his emotions. So just know he might be a little cranky and a little antsy and a little anxious, you know, Um, and we are taught to say that that is okay. We're supposed to allow those feelings because we never have. Mm -hmm. Uh, So once we start feeling those things, 
sometimes you don't know where those feelings are going to come. You sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're like, why am I crying? And you know, you don't have to have a reason why. No, I know that now. But before I was like, this has got to stop. Like what is happening to me? Right. Um, and I was irritable and just, you know, a lot of different things felt like I was crawling out of my skin sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I still get that feeling sometimes. Um, so being able to give myself space, hold space for myself and let people know how I'm feeling helps family approach it a little differently, but you got, it takes a minute to get there and actually express how you're feeling to people. So family or even friends can take it like, what is going on with her? You know, is she using again? And usually that's not it, you know? (laughs) But but that's where they're going to go first because they're not used to seeing the sparkle or they haven't seen it, you know, for a long time. You, you say, you've said a couple of times here that you're in recovery. So are you always going to be in recovery? Yes, I am a woman in long-term recovery. That is what I call it. Um, I am very big on the new verbiage we use for alcoholic addicts, you know, um, I uh, use, you know, the people use terms like relapse and lapse, and I have used those terms as well, but I really refer to relapses as reoccurrences. Substance use disorder, not drug use. There's all these different things that have been creating stigma for people. And it's not really good when you continuously remind yourself those really not so happy words as an alcoholic addict versus saying I'm in recovery when I say I'm in recovery, you know, and uh, I'm a woman in long-term recovery. And what I mean by that is that I have the blessings right now of being on a podcast with you and living in the now and being sober while I do it. Right. That is what I am today because today may never come again anyway. So that's what I have. (laughs) Uh, that that's that's beautiful. I I just I'm so glad I asked because I knew there was a reason why you were using those words. So that, oh yeah, that's, that that's just so powerful. So what's next for you? And you know you you have you're starting your own company. You're starting yes. to to do that. So what when you look at 2021? Okay. Please let's look at 2021. Yeah. Um, you heard for, me go, okay. Yeah, for, for so many reasons. Um, what do you see yourself doing in the new year? Well, I see a lot of things here in the new year. I am very excited to be state licensed as a recovery coach. And with the, the new business, Sparkle the Light at the end of the tunnel. I have been very excited to start guesting on a lot of podcasts. And also I have taken my tips and tricks and things like that for sobriety. And I've placed it in other ailments that I have had lived experiences in. So um, my recovery coaching goes beyond just alcohol and addiction. Uh, It also goes to that athlete who uh, is maybe finished with college, they're done, and they need to reinvent their their transformation. They have a new transformation. What do I do for a job? Where do I go? How do I get that together? You know, same thing with executives. I have been an executive before. How do you reinvent your routine while working a work routine as well? So 
uh, a lot of the things I do creating and helping people create their base and their legs to their table are not just in alcohol and addiction. It is in life. And so it's been exciting to hear a few of athletes, a few people who, you know, work in the retail industry and stuff say, Sparkle, well, how did you get so grounded? You know, and I'm like, I got a plan for you because we all need to be grounded. We got to fit in our self-care. We got to do what's right for us, especially going into this new year. We've had so much stuff on our backs, the pandemic, the you know, just people, jobs, people needing hope that it's time to refresh yourself, reinvent mm-hmm. that routine, feel good about yourself. But the question is, how do you get started? And that right there, I feel I have the recipe for it now because I've been trying to get started for a while and it's starting to really evolve as I've been patient enough to let it happen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love that. And I love that there's a consistent thread through all the different clients that you work with and will work with. And and this issue of reinventing, you know, I I say that a few years back, I kind of reset my life because I had to reset my thinking. And as somebody who thought very little of herself, most of her life, it's just like you were talking about when the bubbles, that negative thought bubbles up and I'm able to recognize it more quickly. And then I'm able to make a decision. That's where you're talking about taking that moment to pause and figure it out. So that's just great. Well, I wish you absolutely nothing but the best. I have no doubt that 2021 is going to be huge for you. (laughs) And we'll make sure to include your contact information. So just thank you. Thank you for taking the time to have a conversation with me. Thank you for being your wonderful self. I so enjoyed (laughs) it. Thank you. I totally appreciate it. And I think I say that one piece that I think a lot of people can take with them is emotions are temporary. They are not permanent. Mm -hmm. And no matter what it is, if you can walk alongside somebody with it, walk through it, don't walk around it and embrace what's to come. That that's when you're in business and that's when you start to take your life back. So Thank you. I I love that. That's a great note to end on. So um, thank you again. And I want to thank the listeners. I am blessed each and every time you tune in. So connect with me at KimberlyHamburg.com and let me know what you think about this conversation with Sparkle. And until next time, let's leave the frustration and take the cannoli. Nice. (laughs) 